All right. Welcome. Welcome to the Biblos Network. We are so glad that you have decided to join us here today. We're enjoying the blessing of the Lord. God has been so good. There's revival happening. There's a great ingathering of the harvest here in Durham, North Carolina. And I'm trusting God that it's happening where you are as well. We're glad you could join us at the Biblos Network, where we want to talk about the great things of God and, and what God's doing here in this day and this hour. And it is a great honor and a privilege today to have with us one of the giants of the faith, one of the heroes of the faith, um, and who, who is one of the most requested interviews that I get here at Biblos. And we have with us Bishop Johnny Godair from right here in Durham, North Carolina. God bless you, Brother Godair. Bless you, Brother Urshan. It's great to be with you. Yeah, we're glad that you could join us. And people get to hear a little bit about um, how God brought to pass so many things. Well, God has certainly done great things for me and my family and the church, and I'm I'm very thankful. Yeah, I am very thankful. I have no, I have no qualms. I have no regrets. God's been very good. God's been good, hasn't oh, He? Oh, has He? Yes, sir. <laughs> he really has. Well, you've lived a life of consecration and dedication, and you and Sister Godair have impacted thousands tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of people for the glory of god and i'll just tell you right now that that pentecost owes a great debt of gratitude to the sacrifices of the godier family well i don't know about that but i i know i was married to the sweetheart of my life i know that <laughs> she was a great great christian lady in every way yeah. and uh for 54 years we were married 54 years. 54 years i was very happy my, my very happy my. she's been gone five years now has it been but, five yeah years? in august it'll be it'll be six in august wow so time flies yeah really but does. we had 54 great years had two children five grandchildren and two son-in-laws and so god's been good life has been good amen amen uh, yeah. now your ministry did it you came up under your father brother herschel go there right and that, was that in Missouri? That was in southern Missouri, southeast Missouri. Okay. He, I was raised in a little town of Portageville, which for people that don't know where that is, they might know where Sykeston or Kennett, uh, 40 miles from Dyersburg, Tennessee, yep. 40 miles from Blyville, Arkansas. So, right where it all kind of yeah, comes together. Right there where some states come together. Yeah. It's called the Boot Hill area, the southeast Hill Missouri. Area. <laughs> well, there's a lot of... That's is, how far from I fifty five would that be? Well, we were right, I was raised right there. It was old sixty one when I was raised, but they brought the interstate through there, and I fifty five is well the the church that my father pastored forty three years is right on the interstate. When you drive down fifty five, you see the church and the gym and so on that he built. Wow. It still looks nice, and they still got a good pastor there. Go dares just start churches and build churches <laughs> wherever they go. Well, I, I don't know about that, but my dad put it in us again. Yes, you know, yeah. he was a church builder yeah. and he was a word preacher, a good man. Yeah. Dad didn't have a lot of education. He was very what people would call a common man, but he had a tremendous love for the word and he had a tremendous rapport with people. Yeah. And so he preached on the radio, which is not a big deal now, but it was then. Yeah. Uh, he preached on the radio for 40 something years. Yeah. And every week and sometimes every day. Wow. And uh, he baptized a lot of people through that ministry. Ministry. That's kind of a different ministry now, mm -hmm. but it was good in those days. Well, what's interesting is exactly what we're doing right now is really one of the mediums people 
are attracted to today. Right. Right. So radio back then, yep. kind of podcasting today. Yep. Um, you're still doing it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I was on the radio for in Malden, Missouri for 11 years, and I was on here in Durham for about um, 25 years. 25 so years. I, loved, I loved working on radio, but times have changed, and, yeah. and a radio broadcast is rather uncommon now. Yeah, it really is. Yep. You know, I, I, there's a common thread there. I, of course, grew up with Harvest Time. Right. And my grandfather believed in reaching the masses oh, he did. with the gospel of Jesus yep. Christ. Were you ever, and I've never asked you this before, were you ever connected to Harvest Time or did you ever work um, in, with Harvest Time over the years? No, I preached uh, one month on Harvest Time. You preached one month yeah. on Harvest. See, yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, they had some different speakers one year, not just me, but several men across the fellowship. Yeah. So I preached one month, uh, four Sundays yeah. on Harvest Time. But I knew Brother Urson well, and he was my friend, and he dedicated this building mm-hmm. that we're in here and I preached here more than once. So he was, he was a good friend and a good man. Yeah. I loved him. Well, he liked, as they say, reach, reaching every nation with Bible yeah. salvation. And he did that. He yeah. reached every soul he could with the Jesus name apostolic message. Yeah. That was his heartbeat. Yeah. That was his heartbeat. You were there under your father. Um, and then somewhere along the way, you went over to Malden. Yeah. Yeah. I started out preaching when I was 18. Then at the age of 19, I started out as a full-time evangelist. Mm-hmm. Preached my first revival for Brother J.L. Pipkin, Blue Mountain, Mississippi. Yeah. And uh, I went there just for a few nights, and we went two weeks, and then another man called me, Brother Don Johnson called me. Brother Johnson. From Memphis and wanted yeah. me to come preach for him. So I preached Brother Don Johnson's first revival when he went to Memphis. The first revival. The very first revival. My goodness. And uh, enjoyed it. I was there two weeks and, and um, in, enjoyed that. And so that's, that's kind of where I got started as an evangelist. And I went over and preached for Brother J.L. Pipkin in uh, Potts Camp, Mississippi. Potts Brother Camp, Raymond Bishop in Myrtle, Mississippi. So I kind of got started in that North Mississippi area. And then they had friends and they'd asked me to come. So I wound up evangelizing four years full time. I was single, of course, then. Yeah. So Brother Pipkin in Potts Camp, is that, was he the predecessor to Brother Wilson in Potts Camp? Do you know? Well, Brother Wilson is in Potts Camp. Brother Pipkin was in Blue Mountain. Blue Mountain. They're 25 miles apart. Okay. 25 miles apart. And then New Albany, where Brother Bishop was, is right there, 15 miles from Blue Mountain. So it's all, yeah. it's all kind of there together. Small towns, yeah. but good churches. Yeah. That good churches. So this would have been back in the ALJC days. That's right. ALJC. That was 1959, 60, 61, 62. Okay. That's when I was an evangelist those four years. And I think Raymond Parnell was a part of that. Raymond and, Parnell was a part of that. He yeah. was a good friend of mine. He was single. Then he married Loretta. And um, good man. I knew his dad when he was in Memphis. And uh, so they, they were good people. Okay. Good people. Brother Raymond Parnell was a good preacher, good Bible teacher, really. Okay. A good singer and musician as well. Yeah. And just a little side note, but when I when I got ready to graduate from high school, I didn't have a suit or a sport coat being raised in small town Missouri. Yeah. So Brother Raymond Parnell loaned me a sport coat to go to my graduation. <laughs> and if anybody wants to see my graduation, it's still on the halls there in little school in Portageville, Missouri, I had his coat on. Had it. <laughs> <laughs> he was a good man. Good yeah. Friend. Then he later, of course, went to Indiana and pastored there a little bit. Yeah, I think Lafayette. Lafayette. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 
Well, that so that that Malden Church, um, you raised that up. You you started a bus ministry. You began yeah. to reach people in the community. Yeah. And when did you begin the Malden Church? How old were you when you started that? Church? I was twenty two. Twenty two. Twenty two. Did you know I started my church in Fort Myers at twenty two? Well, we got something coming. I guess we <laughs> coming. Nominated. Yeah, I was twenty two. I was single. You probably were married that time. I was married, and I wouldn't advise any single man to start a church. Yeah, I don't think that's a good idea. But I, I started Malden. That's twenty five miles from where I was raised. There was no Jesus name church there, mm-hmm. and so I felt to go there. Yeah, and started out, and we rented a little store building, storefront. Wasn't much. Very now, then, it would be pathetic. But we did what we had to do, you know. Well, who who has despised the day of small things? That's right. That's right. Yeah. And when I hear preachers now uh, with small works and just a few people, I relate to that. I've, yeah. uh, I've something in common with them. Well, I've had altar calls where there was no music. Yep. And I've had services where nobody showed up. Yep. And I have too. We had churches and services in Malden many times when nobody showed up. Yeah. And I'd just go there and pray and walk yep. around and yep. strum on the guitar a little bit. <laughs> Couldn't play it, but nobody was there to know it, you know. Yeah. So, so I'd, I'd do that. And then uh, we've got a few people coming. And then uh, I've been 11 months. I got married. And um, my dad pastored church and her dad pastored church, nice churches and buildings. But we wanted to get married where we was going to be, so we got married in a storefront. Is that yeah. right? And it didn't have any running water. Oh, my. And it didn't have any inside restroom. People <laughs> nowadays have a problem relating to that. I told them many times, if you wanted to use the restroom, you had to go eight blocks. That was the Shell Station down yeah. the road. That's, that was the closest place to use a restroom. Yeah. And after 8 o'clock, they closed, so I preached to a captive audience. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go there. People don't have any frame of reference for that. I know. This, we're looking at over 60 years ago. Yeah. We're looking at country living, poor people. That was what we started with. Yeah. And in Malden, started church, and the first service was May the 7th, 1962. And uh, there was a good crowd there because my dad and others had people there, but it wasn't local people. Yeah. So I was there four or five months because before we had our first one to come. Mm-hmm. And then we baptized one. It was very slow. I preached two and three. When I got married, we probably had 10 or 12. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's where we started the church in Malden. Spent 11 years there and enjoyed it. Yeah. We enjoyed it. Brother Young is there now. Yeah, Brother Leroy Young. Brother Leroy Young, great friend, great yep. man. Good He's man. doing a good job pastoring there now. Now, you started bus ministry there in Malden, didn't we you? We did. We wound up with about four buses and a couple of vans, two or three vans. Yeah. And uh, I enjoyed bus ministry. You, well, you really did a lot of the pioneering work of bus ministry in the UPCI. Well, that was probably a big so. Thing. There wasn't many that had buses in those days. There was a handful that had a van, 15-passenger van or 12-passenger yeah. van, But we started out with buses and reach people, and um, it was it was a good way to reach the community. Yeah, and your brother, um, Pastor Kenny Godier, he runs buses. Yeah, he runs buses. Used that to build a church there in Burlington. Great church there. Um, And men that have been associated with you, they're going to win souls, and and a lot of times they're going to be running buses. Yeah. Well, that was a that was a a priority at that time and a way to get people. Yeah. And uh, so we started out with a bus there in Malden and had two or three, then, like I said, three or four. And then 
the vans. So we brought quite a few people. Mainly, it was Sunday morning. Yeah. Mainly, Sunday morning. We'd go out on Saturday, of course, do visitation. Anybody that helped us went out on Saturday, brought them back in, mainly Sunday morning. A few of them would come at night. We'd run a van to pick them up. Mm -hmm. But we didn't run all the buses and vans at night, just Sunday morning. Yeah. Yeah. And that's sort of the way we started here. And when you left Malden, the church had about 300 people in it. We averaged, I think, 310 the last year I was there. Okay. I saw um, a deal the other day in the old Missouri District paper of UPC. And we, that year, we'd aver- year before, we averaged 278. 278. And then that last year, we averaged 310. <laughs> so I enjoyed Malden. It was yeah. very good. But I felt when it was time to go, I felt it was time, time to go. I didn't have any great reasons. I just felt. To go. It was just time. Yep. God was just leading you. Yep. It was. Now, during that time, there were several pastors that God just moved on them to start churches. Yep. These were established pastors like yourself. Yep. You had yep. a church. You could have stayed there the rest yep. of your life. Yep. But something happened there that God just moved on them, and men began to start churches in other areas and raised up great churches. Right. And do you remember that time, what the thinking? And I, I do. Brother Jerry Enzi went to Greensboro, North Carolina, 60 miles from here. Mm-hmm. And I remember when Brother Chester Wright started the church yeah. over there in, in Maryland. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when they started in Delaware, New York. Brother Scotty Teets and uh, Brother James Gilbert went to New York, started a church. There was a lot of pastors then, and there was a big push on in general conference especially and in district conferences to reach souls. It was a a big outreach time, and men were challenged to go and build churches. Was Brother J.T. Pugh over home missions at that time? Brother Pugh was over home missions and uh, worked with Brother Enzi and Brother uh, Gidrose. And they, they was a good team. Yeah, they were a good team, and Brother Pugh was constantly motivating people to start churches. Yeah. So he was a he was a tremendous influence in my life. Oh, that that see that's a that's a connection. I'm not sure people realize yeah. he was a great influence. Yeah, and Brother Enzi, when I when I knew it was time for me to go in Malden, I I didn't know where to go. I was just praying about it. So uh, one man asked me about coming to South Dakota. So I went out there and stayed a couple of three days and um, uh, looked around in Aberdeen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was where he wanted me to go was Aberdeen. And I went and spent a couple of days. I guess I got there at the wrong time. There was a snowstorm going on. <laughs> and um, it, it was it was difficult. So I, I, I quickly thought, I don't believe this is the place for me. God wasn't talking no, there. No, <laughs> I'm not a big lover of snow. So, uh, But anyhow, I just never felt it. Spent a couple of days there. And I visited a couple of churches, walked in just to see what it was like there I walked into a Baptist church an Assembly of God church and mm-hmm. the Assembly of God church heard that I was oneness and boy he got up and took a real crack at oneness people. Oh my goodness. That same night I was there. Yeah. Some of them at the door had asked me what I was and do you go to church and where and found uh, wound up finding out I was a Pentecostal apostolic so yep. he took a strong said don't fool around with these people don't <laughs> <laughs> but anyhow, I came back, and I couldn't feel it, and uh, kept praying about it. So my wife was anxious to start a church, too. She 
She was like me. She was a missionary at heart. Mm -hmm. She was wanting to go. So after about three months, she said, you're not going to go start a church. Why don't you just forget it? We'll just forget it and stay here in Malden. Hmm. Well, later I was talking to Brother Enzi, and he'd come to Greensboro. And he said, Brother Goodair, he said, have you ever tried thought of North Carolina? I said, yes, I have. I preached a revival in Wilson, North Carolina when I was single, one in Wilmington. Mm -hmm. And he said, well, you know, if you want to go out there. So we, we, we decided to make a trip. Had two kids. We came to Durham, and uh, the way we, uh, my wife had never been in the state. I don't want to take too much time. No, this is great. This is great. My wife had never been in the state. I had been. I preached Wilson in Wilmington, and uh, so we stopped in Durham at the Ramada Inn, right here on Guest Road, where McDonald's is now. Yeah, there was Ramada Inn there. So we stopped there to spend the night. And uh, first night in North Carolina. And so uh, her and the kids went to bed, and I felt to just stay up. Mm -hmm. So I'm not bragging about it. I just I just felt like praying. So I got over in the corner and prayed, and it wound up praying all night. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that night, God spoke to me and said, this is where you're to come. My, my, Durham. my. That was in 1972. 72. Wound up coming uh, in early 73, but that was 72. Okay. And I felt. Durham and she prayed about it she felt it and we didn't know one soul here not one she'd never met anybody in North Carolina yeah and I, I didn't know anybody in Durham so we felt come here and it was home missions and yeah. and uh, that's 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 what we did so that was 51 years ago it is my it was it was 72 when in the fall when we got when we really felt convinced this was the place and I went back and uh, went two or three weeks and then resigned the church in Malden and we moved here the last day of January and the first day of February we moved in in 73 so it's been about yeah how many years 50 51 yeah if that's 73 yeah that's 50 years 50 years yeah it's 23 right now and be 73. it's about the time for your anniversary. I was just thinking that yeah. I didn't realize yeah. that yeah I, we moved in the house on Holloway Street here in Durham uh, the last day of February uh, January first day of February yeah so that's just about parallels Boy, with the 10 with the three years that you've been here it does yeah. Look, yeah. man that's amazing yeah. it is you just don't realize <laughs> no and, you know, I can't believe it's been three years. Yeah, yeah, time flies. My goodness. My goodness. It don't seem like it's been 50, though. I've been here. <laughs> <laughs> well, your hair is a little darker back then. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I had some black hair back then, but it's changed. It's changed yeah. colors. Yeah. Uh, but I've enjoyed it. It's been a good trip. Well, what a testimony, because um, you started a church. What was the name of the street you started on? On Watt Street, 1323 Watt Street, Watt Street, on the corner of Watts and Inglewood, which is about three miles from here. Yeah. We, we, we wanted to buy a building or get a building. We, we came within 30 minutes of renting the storefront, mm. and then they, they changed their mind. And I, we were so disappointed, we cried over it, my wife and I. I said, man, but God had something else. So there was a store, there was a church building open, so I went and checked on it, and it was for sale. Yep. Same church that's there now. It's a brick church. A nice little church, mm -hmm. seats about 150, had uh, five or six classrooms, restrooms, nursery, yep. and a good location. So I went and checked with them, and at that time, it seems crazy now, but they wanted, they wanted $30,000, and I didn't have any money. Yeah. I had less than $1,000, <laughs> and so 
I, Christmas for Christ, backed me up and gave me six hundred fifty dollars a month for the first year. Okay, they was very kind to me. Well, that was nice. that was a that was a good, it was very good. Yeah, and my, because my my house rent was only two, a one forty seven, so that gives you some idea. Well, what? it's a different day. Okay? <laughs> right. You could hardly get one for that now. No. And we had a nice house for one forty seven. Had it upstairs. Had six rooms, and yeah. so we we enjoyed it. But anyhow, we uh, we checked with him, and he did, and so I went. Checked with the bank, and he said it's it's uh, thirty thousand dollars. I said I don't have the money, and so I talked to him a while. His name was Larry Brock. He's still living here. In fact, he's visited our church here. Well, you took me to lunch to meet him one day. Yeah, yeah. He he visited our church and got up in the pulpit and told the story. Okay, here, and so to make a long story short, I I asked him and he said, well, "How much money you got, preacher?" I said, "I don't have any money. Got less than thousand dollars." He said. He said, I have to take all of my loans to the board. He was president of Security Federal. And he said, i got to go to the board. And he said, but they're not going to hear it. There's no need in me doing it. Yeah. And so at any rate, I said, would you take an application? And I uh, went back the next day, and he, he said, I'll fill it out, but I can tell you it won't help. It won't hmm. help anything. So uh, I filled out an application. The board was meeting on Thursday at 1 o'clock. That was Monday. And he said, um, you can call me back or I'll call you. But he said, Reverend, don't get your hopes up. They do not do this. Yeah. They don't loan money. How many people you got said none. No money, no people. <laughs> so that was a pretty a pretty bad situation. <laughs> and so uh, I said, well, will you call me when the board meets? I said, yeah. He said, yeah. So at about 3.30 in the afternoon, he called me. And he said, Reverend, I want to call you. I said, okay. He said, I got some news for you. I said, what's that? I said, I said they decided to do it, didn't they? He said, yes, they did. Oh, my. And he said, I'm still in shock myself. My, my. He my. said, there are six men on that board. Five of them said no, and one of them said yes. Hmm. And he said, the one was powerful, and he voted for you, and you've got it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and just like that. That's right. That's the beginning. Got, that was the beginning here. We had our first service there, first Sunday in April, 73. <clears throat> and April 6, 73. Yep. My. And so we didn't have any people, but in the next Sunday or two, I put ads in the paper, which again, wouldn't do much good now, yeah. but back then it did a lot of good. That's how people communicated. That's and, right. People yeah. communicated with newspaper. And so <laughs> I used to work for a newspaper in Malden, so I had a little bit of background yeah. working with paper, and I worked for the Portageville, Missouri radio station. So those are two things I had a little background in, yeah. was newspaper and radio. So we put ads in the paper. Second Sunday, we had about... Uh, five or six. Third Sunday, we had 12 or 13. So that was the beginning My. of the church here. And like I said, Christmas for Christ backed us up and was very kind to us. Yeah. Did you did you work a secular job for a period of time during that time? Before? No, I thought I would. I had every intention of doing that. My wife was willing to work. She worked at the Marlin State Bank in Marlin, Missouri. Mm -hmm. She was a secretary, and she worked at the uh, off times at the front and as as a as a uh, receiving people. Yeah money and so yep. on so i thought well she, she thought i'll get a job there but and we fully intended to but from the beginning with christmas christ help uh brother jack yance immediately asked mm -hmm. me to come and preach for him in wisconsin yeah and um some people asked me to come and start preaching for him so yep. i wound up i i intend to i worked the five first five years in malden mm -hmm. on a public job and she did too but i wound up not working 
on a public job. So God just opened up doors. God supplied the need through good ministers, good preachers. They helped me. I never asked for any money. I can say I never asked for an offering. I never asked for any money. But they helped supply my need. And so I've been been yeah. full-time since I've been here. So God, when a man does that and steps out, many yeah. times God will just start opening right. doors and God, providing. God does it. Yeah. I worked five years, as I said, in Baltimore. My wife did. We enjoyed it fine. And we thought we'd do that here. We had every intention of doing that. But it worked differently. And so I never went to work on a public job. Yeah. Okay, so... You began the church, and the church grew. God yep. blessed in yep. a great way. Yep. And somewhere along the way, you connected to another group that needed leadership, and it really took off. Yep. Um, now yep. You already had a good amount of people by yep. that time. At that time, I'd been here three years then. We was having about 100 on Sunday, mm-hmm. 125. And so the little church that's right here on this location. Now, this is the Carver Street location. This is the Carver Street location, mm-hmm. and the little uh, building that now serves as a nursery, I mm-hmm. guess, yep. was a little church building. Yep. And uh, it was the only building on this property. How, rest- how many acres was that first that first um, building? What did it sit on? What was the acreage of that first? Uh, I'd say about about five. About five acres. Okay. Yeah. And then, uh, then more opened up property over the years. But we got that, <laughs> that uh, I didn't know they were here. They were apostolic. I lived on the other side of town. The church was. I honestly didn't know the city well enough. I didn't know they were here. Yep. So one day I came by the church, and it had a sign out that said, Revival Tonight, Reverend Verbal Bean. Mm. And so I thought, well, I've heard that name a lot. Yeah. So I, I pulled up front and drove in, and the pastor's wife answered the door. I said, are you folks apostolic? She said, yeah. I said, you baptized in Jesus' name? She said, yeah. Got the Holy Ghost and believe in one God? She said, yeah. I said, well, I do too, and I'm pastor across town. And I told her who it was. She said, we've heard of you. And so I said, I'd like to meet your husband. And so I wound up meeting him, Brother C.R. Bayham. And I talked to a man last week that in a meeting in Mississippi, he sat beside a Brother C.R. Bayham. Oh, my goodness. Last week. Really? And that was that was in 70, 74. Yeah. yeah. It was 74. Uh-huh. And he, he went to Alabama, then Louisiana, and I understand he's still still preaching. But, but anyhow, goodness. <laughs> uh, brother, brother Bean Pat, uh, preached that night. I, didn't, I had some other things. I didn't come. But he and I got together, make a long story short. He said, I'm glad you came. He said, I'm going to resign the church. And so we talked a good while, and he said, I'd like to turn this this property over to you if you if he said we owe eleven thousand dollars if you could pay it off he said we'll turn it over to you My. since you're jesus name apostolic mm-hmm. so to make a long story short i got up on sunday night told the people the story they had no idea and we i had 11 people to give a thousand dollars that night My, and we went and paid it off the next day the next day yeah next day see that's something people don't realize <laughs> yeah. either man yeah we had 11 people to give a thousand dollars and so we, we paid off this property wow now that's a miracle and then we got the four acres behind it. That's where we are right now. Okay. In this building. Now, there's a story to that. Yeah. There was trees <laughs> back here. There were no other buildings. And, and we bought other houses and built church buildings and all of that. And across the street, we bought all that in a matter of time. But there was four acres back here in the trees. And I went and asked the man about uh, uh, buying the property. 
I said, well, it's really not for sale. But he couldn't get to it. There was no driveway. It was just acres he owned back of the trees here yep, yep. where we are right now. Mm-hmm. And um, so I told him I wanted to buy it. He said, well, come back another day. I'll talk to you. So I went back, make a long story short, and talked to him. And I said, what do you got here? He said, four acres. I said, I passed this church up here. We'd like to buy that. He said, well, he was an old man. He said, sonny boy. He wouldn't call me that now. <laughs> he said, sonny boy. <laughs> He said, I might sell it to you. And I said, well, how much would it, would it be? I thought he was going to say a few thousand dollars. I said, how much would it be? He said, how does $400 sound? <laughs> and I said, you know, I said, let me think about that. <laughs> but anyhow, we got these acres back here for $400. $400. And that's where this gym sets. That's where you're, you're broadcasting this this right now Goodness. and so we got that over a period of time bought two houses next door built a church and now then there's several buildings and whatever yeah. but god has been good Boy. i can see the hand of god through the whole yeah. thing well you didn't just build the durham church though bishop you then had a burden for north carolina itself i, I did i got a burden for the state i yeah. had a burden for the state so, so somewhere in there you you encouraged other young ministers to come they yeah. came they yeah. became successful yeah yeah, I uh, I talked to my brother about coming. He came to Burlington 38 years ago. I talked to Brother Locke Lewis in High Point. Mm-hmm. He was a fine young man, and he came from Missouri, started a church in High Point, and um, I talked to several men about coming, yep. and they came, and several of the men that were here and pastoring just a few churches, then we kind of begin to build revival momentum. This took time, but good men. Yeah. Good men. Good men. And and the Jesus name message really, really flourished uh, during those days. When we came here, there was 18 United Pentecostal churches Mm -hmm. in North Carolina. And uh, now then there's probably... 90 or 100, yeah, maybe about that. Yeah, But we had some good growth through the years. Well, that's a great testimony. We had some good growth. Now, now you also, you know, you, you have been involved with foreign missions and just international dynamics, yeah. and you've been involved in giving to missions yeah. and helping plant. Our church here, when I was pastor, we supported, there was, there was missionaries in about, about 200 countries. I don't know what's there now, 210 countries in Something the world. Like whatever. It, yeah. But anyhow, we, had, we supported at least one missionary in every country of the world. My. Now, not a big offering. Some of them was $100 a month, some 50 mm-hmm. Some of them as low as 10 yep. That's That's way back when we started giving 10 to a missionary come by. Yep. But we did have missionaries we were supporting in every in every country. Isn't world. that wonderful? That time. Yep. Brother Sism and various ones. I talked to him. I said, we want to support every missionary that you got. Mm-hmm. So we did. Well, it's, it's paid off in, in, in the gospel reaching into so yeah. many places. Yeah. And even today, you know, uh, <laughs> when I got here, um, you know, you and I communicated. We talked. Right. I became the pastor. And right. I, I, it was a great day in my life. When Well, I certainly had prayed about it. Who's going to take my place? My wife had passed away, been gone a couple of years then. And I thought, man, I, I can't keep this up. I'm 77. Yeah. Uh, who wants a 77-year-old pastor? He can't do the job anymore. <laughs> now. But anyhow, um, I felt it had to be a change. So to make a long story short, I called you. I felt you. Mm-hmm. I called you on a Monday night, I believe. Yes. And you answered the phone. I was over by Duke Hospital. And when I called you, I pulled over 
over in the parking lot so I could sit and talk to you. I was making a hospital call at Duke, and you answered. I told you what I wanted. You said you'd pray about it. A week or so later, you called me back and said you'd feel the will of God. So we came together. Yep. You've been here three years, and the church is doing well. Boy, God's been good. Oh, he's been good. Well, well the beautiful thing about it is you, you had a vision of revival, and you, you know, people struggled with different cultures and different languages but you had the ability to reach into all kind of cultures and when i came to durham one of the things that always resonated was just all the different people groups that were represented we we always reached the african-american community Mm -hmm. spanish community and in the spanish community of course you got several countries represented but in the Spanish community. And now then, of course, we got a good Spanish church. Brother Glendo yeah. told me last Sunday he had 200-something people oh, yes. across town. We bought another building over there, and he's over in that. Yeah. So w- there's a lot of people that have been touched. Yesterday, I went into a place of business, just yesterday. And there was a lady working there. She looked to be 50 or so, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. But never guess woman's age. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I talked to her, and she said, don't I know you? I said, I, said, I don't know but you look very familiar to me. She said, are you a preacher? I said, yes. She said, what church? I said, I used to pastor. First Pentecostal Church on Carver Street. We got another pastor now, and church doing good. And she said, I've been to that church. Mm. She said, and I talked to her a while. She said, I'm coming back. My, my. She said, I'm coming back. My. And, and I know she will. Yeah. Uh, she said, I am. I liked that church when I went only one time, but I'm coming back. So awesome. we just tried to reach everybody who could, yeah. passing out church cards, tracks, knocking doors, visitation. We've had as high as 200 people to come on Saturday visitation. Yeah. <clears throat> that was back in the day. Yeah. Before COVID, I understand things have changed a lot now. Yeah. A lot of people don't really want you in the house. They, they're a little fearful. Mm-hmm. But there was a time back in the late 90s and early 2000s when we, we reached out in a big way yeah. and um, had, had uh, what, 15 buses and, mm-hmm. and uh, 19 vans. There are stories of certain men bringing hundreds of people. Yeah. What, yeah. Like one man yeah. would bring hundreds of people. We had Frank Farish. He brought 600 and something. He had help. He had a lot of people on his bus route, and he had several buses, and we rented five buses for that day. Yeah. Frank Farish had over 600 on, on, on one day. On one day. <laughs> it was an eat, Brother Ursha, we went for a big deal. You know, you're not going to keep them. We yeah. knew that. Yeah. But we're going to try. Yeah. You know, by all means, win some. Yeah, yeah. That was our motto. And so do, do all you can. So Frank was a good guy. Great guy. We baptized him. He got the Holy Ghost. And he, he became a, a soul winner deluxe. Yeah. And um, he brought over 600 one day and it was easter it was easter sunday and we wound up we was going for i really promoted it it's pentecost let's have three thousand yeah yeah and we'd had as many as fifteen eighteen hundred on that sunday we had twenty eight hundred and fifty six yeah but now that wasn't here that was we rented school mm-hmm. um we rented buses that was just a big day yeah that's a- and the next sunday we went for 3,000 and we dropped back 2,400 and after that it dropped back more. I'm being yeah. honest. Yeah. We didn't maintain that. Yeah. But it's just a lot of enthusiasm, a lot of excitement. Yeah. And Frank and Brother Earl Webb mm-hmm. Sr. 
yes. brought a whole bunch of people. Brother Coffee, Brother McGee, Brother Steve Woods. Yes. I'm leaving some out, but man. Pillars of the church. They they were soul winners. Yeah. They filled up buses every week. Praise and God. while we was filling up buses, we were trying to trying to um, strengthen them and establish them and whatever, yep. which I know you got to do. Yep. And we all know you're not going to keep everybody you reach, but we were trying to reach out. Well, when I, when I came here, one of the things I immediately noted was I couldn't turn around without bumping into somebody that had been the first Pentecostal <laughs> yeah, church. Yeah. Because they, they, you, you just touch so many people's lives. Well, I hope so. Yeah. Hope you so. never know who you're reaching. Um, my brother has a story of, in Cincinnati mm-hmm. where he pastors that they – the church there in Cincinnati reached a man who was from Madagascar Ooh. and that man really got the Holy Ghost, really loved the faith, the yep. oneness of God and yep. the Acts 238 message. Yep. And he went back home to Madagascar and began to preach. Ooh. And in preaching, I, I'd have to ask him the number, but I mean, it's tens of thousands of people that got the Holy That's Ghost. I mean, fantastic. God just poured up the Holy Ghost. You can reach one and you don't know who you're reaching. You don't know who. That's right. And I think something like 200,000 people are in that Madagascar that's, throughout the several churches. That's fabulous. And so my brother, one Easter Sunday, had, um, this is several years back, I think he had about uh, 400 people at that time on an Easter Sunday. And he said, he said, Nathan, between my daughter work in Madagascar and Cincinnati, I had 200,400. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's, that's a positive way to put it. But that's great. That's yeah. great. Well, you, you just Fantastic. never know who you're reaching. Who Let you're me tell you a little brief story. If you, you got yeah. enough time. Yeah. Um, I baptized um, Helen Payne and brother and sister Godwin and James and Mary Keith all about the same time. Mm-hmm. In, in the first fall, we was here. All right. Then time progressed. And uh, in 74, Sister Godwin and Sister Helen Payne, her husband died. She married a man named Young, Sister Helen Young. So they uh, had a sister. She was a nun for 16 years in South America. Mm. So she came here for, for, to visit her sister. It was on, in 74. It was July the 4th. And so I preached that night in that little church over there. The truth shall make you free. I was talking mm-hmm. about freedom. Truth shall make you free. Well, she's Catholic nun. And I preached about getting baptized in Jesus' name. She started, she was a I mean, college graduate. She was, she was a nun 16 years and very, very prominent. She started, I've never seen anything like it. She got up and just started screaming and hollering and moving around and, and falling down on the floor. And I thought, man, what, what's going on? Well, the devil had tried to really, and I'm not giving the devil any credit, but he tried to overcome her because he knew what she was going to do. Yeah. So she fell on the floor, and I went over and prayed five or ten minutes for her, and she just relaxed and started speaking in tongues. Mm. Well, mm. I took her that night and baptized her in Jesus' name. So she came a few days later and said, Brother Goudair, I've got, I, I've got um, brothers and sisters. She said, we've got a family of, uh, of, of 13 kids in Kansas, mm-hmm. Fort Scott, Kansas. If, if, if you got to do this to be saved, she said, my dad and mother raised us Catholic all of our life. All of my family is Catholic. If, if they need this, i got to do something about it. Yeah. And so she said, if I go to Kansas and I can talk any of them and get baptized, who could baptize them? Out there, I said, I don't know. Yeah. And I thought for a minute, I just said off the cuff, I said, well, Sister Pat, if you got anybody to be baptized, I'll come and baptize them. 
Wow. And I thought, my Lord, you know, I was living <laughs> on a very limited income. I didn't have the money to fly. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and anyhow, I, uh, about a week later, I caught a plane and went to Kansas. Well, they owned a huge farm out in the country, well-known. The Carliskett family, well-known. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the community, Catholic family. And uh, so when I got there, they had set up a big bunch of chairs outside. You couldn't get them in the house, big farmhouse. But mm-hmm. they set up 40 chairs outside. Would you believe that every one of those children, 13 of them, came home for vacation at the same time? Oh, my. They said they'd never done They came from Boston. They came from... and. Make a long story short, I preached to them three days and nights on baptism in Jesus' name, one God, out in their yard. They strung up lights at night. My. And the Catholic priest came up one night, and he sent me a note and said, if you keep, that was one of his prominent families. He said, if you keep disturbing them and baptizing them, you will regret it. You will die. Oh, my. Oh, my. Uh, yeah. And so I went out there the next night and taught in the yard. And I, I'd be a fool if I said I wasn't a little bit uh, yeah. uneasy. <laughs> I thought, you can stand out in that dark, and I'm yeah. under the lights. Yeah. Anyhow, yeah. we went ahead. And on the last day I, that didn't have baptistry church, went down the river and baptized 19 of them in my, Jesus' name. My. And that started the Fort Scott Church that is still there today. That is amazing. They built a new building. I went back and dedicated the new building. All of those in that area, the kids, all of them, I could talk about Jim and a whole bunch of the family. They got baptized. They got the Holy Ghost. And on the last night I was there the first time, I needed $1,000 for the trip and for other things. I didn't have it. And I didn't tell them nothing. And they got up that night and just just took up an offering among themselves. They said, we need to give the preacher some money. They gave me exactly to the penny, $1,000. Oh, my goodness. And it took care of a trip. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we baptized 19, started the church, and we dedicated it. There's still a church there today. My. If you drove up Fort Scott on the hill coming up, there's a sign. My. Apostolic Pentecostal United yep. Pentecostal. I don't remember the name they use, yep. but it's Pentecostal Church there now. That's amazing. Well, and, God did great things. Well, I was, I was excited. It was days of excitement. And yeah. My wife and I were very happy to be involved. What a blessing. <laughs> what a blessing. Well, that power, that anointing, is available today. It is. If a man will tap into that. That's right. God will do it. I believe it. I believe it with all my heart. I believe we can have revivals like that, not only in this city, which we're having now, but throughout communities. Throughout communities. Throughout, throughout the country and throughout this state. Yeah. We can have revivals of the same thing. We know he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's right. We just need to tap into what he's doing and believe that God's going to go above the norm and do the supernatural. If you had, and we'll, we'll wrap up this session, Bishop. I know there's a lot yeah. going on, but uh, yeah. if you had something to impart to this generation, if at where you've, what you've seen, where you've been in ministry, how God has used you, if you were going to speak to this generation of, of apostolics to encourage them, what would you tell them to do in this day? I think one of the number one things, of course, is it, to me is passion. Passion for God that goes above just going to church every Sunday and Wednesday. Yep. That's good. And a lot of churches throughout America, Pentecostal, they go to church on Sunday and Wednesday. The good people love God. And that's great. I rejoice in every one of them. But if we could get anointed with passion Hmm. for souls and for the work of God, I believe we could see an unprecedented revival throughout North Carolina, throughout North America. And other countries are having it. Yep. A lot of them are having it now. But we need that kind of revival in North America and in, in the United States and in um, North Carolina. Well, Bishop, you're in your 80s. 
and the I'm pa- 82. 82. Yeah, 82. And the passion that you have, just it just exudes out of you when you speak. Well, God's work is great. Well, praise God. God's work is great. Well, thank you for taking the time to come on with us today. I appreciate it, and I know our audience appreciates it, and we're just thankful that you had the time. Thank you, Brother Urshan. I appreciate you. Love you. Appreciate you. And I'm thanking God for the work you're doing here, and I'm thankful that you invited me to share just a little bit of what God's done here. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us here today on the Biblos Network. You have heard from a great pioneer, a great hero of the faith. I pray it's a blessing to you. And I know that you can take this passion to your city and reach your city for the glory of Jesus Christ. The Acts 238 message, the one God holiness message is taking the world by storm. And we hope we can be an encouragement to you today. So until next time, God bless you and God keep you and God cause his face to shine upon you.